Welcome to 15 Minutes to Wellness by the American Council on Exercise. I'm Dr. Michael Mantell, the ACE Senior Fitness Consultant for Behavioral Sciences and your host for this series. My goal today and for every podcast in the series is to discuss some small steps you can take to help you better your life and find happiness through health. In each broadcast in the series, I'll interview a new health and fitness expert. I also want to welcome the hundreds of thousands of folks searching for positive ways to make health, nutrition, and fitness a part of their daily, hectic, busy, tight, and budgeted lives. Now I'd like to welcome today's remarkably special guest, Dr. Pamela Peek. Uh, for those of you who have not been living under a rock, you know that Dr. Peek is an internationally renowned physician, triathlete, scientist, marathoner, expert in the fields of nutrition, metabolism, stress, and fitness. She is a remarkable woman, and if you ever have a chance to see her, she's the doc who walks the talk and truly is one of the most brilliant and entertaining experts on the scene today. Uh, her resume is so long that we don't have enough time to go through it all, but I will tell you that she's a Pew Foundation scholar in nutrition and metabolism. She's an assistant professor of medicine at the University of Maryland. She's a fellow of the American College of Physicians. She's teamed up with the U.S. Surgeon General to create the Surgeon General's Walks for a Healthy and Fit Nation if that was all you did, Dr. Peak, we would be giving you a standing ovation. But you're the lifestyle expert for WebMD's 90 million members. I have read all of your books, and I want everyone who's listening to go out and read your newest book, The Hunger Fix, which is a three-stage detox and recovery plan for overeating and food addiction. You launched that with Katie Couric. Dr. Peek is a New York Times bestseller. Her other books that uh, my wife and I love are Fighting Fat After 40, Body for Life for Women, and Fit to Live. Dr. Peek, how do I even say thank you for coming on, taking some time from your busy schedule to talk about willpower and that diet is not willpower. One of the things I heard you say once is that diet has a very nasty word in it. Let's start with that. What's well, the word? you know, you know how I feel about diet. I mean, it's like so many of us. I certainly didn't originate the idea that D-I-E or die is pretty predominant in that one word. We all have to get smart now and realize that there has to be a brand new paradigm, a shifting paradigm from the old school way of just handing people off the same old cookie cutter approach, what we call the elm, eat less, move more, and you know, crank it out somehow. It's obviously more complex than that. And I think talking about willpower brings into a really powerful segment. You know, as you know, in all my books, I have stuck to um, my three pillars, mind, mouth, and muscle. I'm really glad to see you, uh, Michael, bring on the mind right off the bat so that we can then coordinate and organize 
the mouth and the muscle because it all starts in the mind. Can't wait to hear your take on the obesity guidelines. Yeah, they, they didn't talk too much about the mind at all. And they just sort of like whistled through exercise. <laughs> no, I'm just getting tired of it. How many of these guys need to really get a little smack down here and realize that this is a monster complex issue, that this involves amazing neuroscience, it involves epigenetics, right. it involves much more than the simpleton approach that we've always had about screwing around with which micronutrients and macro. Are you kidding me? Seriously? Right, right. Look around you. <laughs> We're feeding each other science fair projects out there, and you don't think that this is going to have long-lasting effects on everything? Well, I mean, then, give me a break. And then the docs are like, well, I'm going to take your BMI right now, and I'm, oh, going, to take, I'm going to prescribe exercise. Oh, make and, me ill. I know. It's oh. like, give me a break. It's, it's sad to hear, but you know Walter Bortz from Stanford? Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> just a riot. I love this guy. He's on the same level in terms of being willing to say it like it is that you are. And I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean, you know, someone's got to give the bottom line and quit dancing around the issues. I mean, seriously, look around you. Look at these generations of kids. What kind of moron is saying everything is going better now? Really? <laughs> well, they haven't walked through an airport lately. No. I mean, either that or they just have a sub-segmented population over there. I always and, say, I always say you know, Dr. Peak, the link is what you think. Yeah. It starts yeah. with the mind. Yeah, so, it's an, it's that it's that attitude thing, and 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 it's very very organic. You mentioned my book, The Hunger Fix. Well, this is one of the first times um, I really got a chance to drill down on something I'd love to, you know, parlay with you on, and that is uh, the new neuroscience mm -hmm. that we have hardcore credible science based upon some remarkable neuroimaging techniques that we now have to peer into the mind. We can actually watch things take place in real time with functional MRIs and PET scans. That being said, we're talking about willpower. How does that all tie together? And I got a little, little phrase for you here. It's called the prefrontal cortex. Right. Right? So tap your forehead out there, everybody, because right behind the forehead is the prefrontal cortex. This is the smarty pants part of the brain or your, where your executive function hangs out. But at the end of the day, this is also where willpower is housed. And, and to be perfectly blunt with you, if the prefrontal cortex is impaired, then you're, you're going to try to utilize something that can't give you optimal performance. It's like asking someone to run a 5K on two broken legs. It doesn't work. And most people don't understand that the very unhealthy lifestyle that you, Dr. Mintel, talk about all the time, we, we know now it does far more then jack up your cholesterol and your blood sugar and place you at high risk for disease. It also impairs brain function in two places, in your reward center as well as your prefrontal cortex. We can actually see that glucose metabolism of the brain there is decreased in those people who are living that type of lifestyle. And we never knew this. This was like we fell off lab chairs, you know, nationally going, what? Um, and now that we see that, we see, man, the only way to get this together 
is to detox off this this kind of a lifestyle. And you said it so well when you were talking about getting into that kitchen and just, you know, pitching the stuff that's not working here and getting up and starting to mobilize, assume the vertical and start moving. That actually organically begins the healing process in the very place in your brain where you can now strengthen, resolve, vigilance, and focus. Now, you're the founder of the Peak Performance Center for Healthy Living. And in your lifestyle management program, you guide clients day-to-day through the mental and physical transformation of their life journey. You were one of the first people that I know of to talk about fighting fat after 40 in your book. So let's try to bring this down to some very fundamental, practical tips for our listeners. I always think of willpower as the gas in the car. You use it up. And eventually, if you keep just relying on willpower, you're going to dry up. So what tips do you give to your clients when you're guiding them through mental and physical transformation to help them diminish the importance of willpower by getting rid of the diet mentality and instead choosing more permanent lifestyle changes? Well, you know, it's a very good question you bring up. And one of the first things I I wrote about when I, I wrote this book, Fight Fat After 40, was that if you look at the, the times of day when people say, and I quote, I have such strong willpower, it's usually when it's normally you're, you're good to go with breakfast, you had your oatmeal and whatever, you're good to go at lunchtime, grilled chicken on a bed of greens, by about three o'clock you want to hurt people. Okay, you're tired, you're homicidal, if the cell phone goes off, you're going to scratch someone's eyes out. And and suddenly, what happens to all that willpower? Well, as it turns out, all day long, what are we doing? We're exerting lots of willpower, aren't we? All kinds of things are going on all day long. And in your you're saying, you know, I really like to just say to hell with this one project and just sit in my chair and just relax. But uh oh, deadline, willpower. So then you've got to after a while you're sucked dry. Your willpower tank is pretty much empty by about three o'clock. For the grand majority of people, you're just friggin' tired. And and at that time, this is when most people cave to the crave. This is when most people just sort of throw it out the window when it comes to all the nice things on your to-do list that you wrote so happily at 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, And so what do you do? I've always called that the cortisone. Right around 3 o'clock is the cortisol zone. This is when stress increases, your willpower tanks, and and you're in trouble because you're going to knee-jerk right into self-destructive habits. One of the first things I ask people to do is this. You said the word habit. I say, look, I absolutely agree with the habit. You have to take small steps in developing those habits. So I look at mind, mouth, and muscle. Take small steps in each one of those. What would it be? Right around 3 o'clock, count on planning. Your prefrontal cortex helps you with the planning process. So if it's nice and strong, guess what you had around 3 o'clock? Yep, you got a mid-afternoon snack. Right. You also got up out of your chair, and I don't care how you have to lie and use the seat, walk somewhere. Say, I have to go see Sally in the next building. Well, there is no Sally in the next building. Just make it up as you go along. There is, there isn't got a even chance. a next building. <laughs> That's right. Just, you know, go around the block 16 right. times. Who cares? They'll never know. You went to the bathroom, and it took you 15 minutes. But, you know, it's none of their freaking business that you actually took a nice walk across the street and back again. 
what I'm saying is you got to have a plan, Stan. You know, without any plan, you're done. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And, and this is, again, where you have to already have a template. You cannot rely upon some kind of willpower pull at 3 o'clock. You already have to have a plan, a strategy. And then it's like you got your back. Right, And once you have a really healthy snack, and I always love to have those protein and fiber-rich snacks because they help you kill carb cravings right around that time because you know what happens with stress. And then, then you already have a plan for what? What's going to go on between then and when you sit down for dinner? Are you heading to the gym? Uh, do you already have planned a healthy dinner or are you just going to be doing the scramble thing? Because people who wing it look like it, live like it, feel like it and die like it. And that's why winging it's going to get you nowhere here. Plan, plan, you know, it's such a huge thing. So I ask people to just constantly look at their day, look at that cortisone, which is their vulnerability zone for self-destructive behavior, and come up with very specific strategies from eating to physical activity to stress resilience. That's right. Close the door. Tell your secretary, you know, you're off the map for about, you know, 15 minutes. Close your eyes, turn off everything, and then just, you know, get into yourself for a second. Check it. So, Dr. Peek, people are listening and they're saying, these are brilliant ideas, but it's easy for her to do it. She doesn't understand. It's so difficult for me. I can't really do all these things. What do you say to that woman who says, I can't do that? Honey, been there, done that. Listen, what do you think I am? Come on, I'm a human being too. I have my rough days. I have my funky days. We just simply have to learn to do the two things that I rant and rave about in every single book, article that I've ever written, and that is adapt and adjust. It's like being a great athlete in the backcourt. No matter what happens, strong winds, hail hits you, doesn't matter. You're, you're just going back and forth, and you're going to make it work one way or the other. Also, I avoid perfectionism. I never said the P word. I live by the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, on average, try to hit it pretty well. 20%, hell, just you know, hide under the sheets if that's what you need to do because you're a human being. So what did I say that was perfect about anything? I didn't. I said, how much effort would it take, seriously, just to score a simple snack at 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon? Really? A Nobel Prize needed? I don't think so. What are you going to have for what? your snack today? Tell us what oh, really? Dr. Peek is having today. Yeah, seriously. Uh, it, it's so easy. Well, I, I'll tell you exactly how my day went, honey. I got up at a quarter to four in the morning. I was on a 6.55 flight uh, so I can make certain to be back in my office and uh, to do this lovely interview and all the other work that I have to do. So I've been rocking and rolling here. So don't be thinking I've been sleeping until 10 a.m. and having a good life here. You're living um, a real I'm life. I'm loving it. You're yeah, man, the real it's, life. A, it's a real life. It's a real life. First of all, what did you have for breakfast today? Okay, Let's first see. thing I had in the morning was I had oatmeal, cinnamon, walnuts, and some blueberries on top of it. Yeah, that's what's right. right. I ate it at 4 in the morning. Four and, in the and morning. that's something that any of us could do, right? That's right. You don't need to and be Dr. I, Peek. 
there you go. And then I made certain, you know, within about four hours to have a Greek yogurt because by that time I'd landed and, you know, all the rest of it. So I had a Greek yogurt with some walnuts. So that feels pretty good too. Remember, I'm, now I'm realizing I have to spread this out through the day because I have an awfully funky day ahead of me because I got up so friggin' early. Trust me, I'm going to bed early too. You know, I can assure you of that. But what am I going to have classically in the mid-afternoon? It vacillates from everything from low-fat cottage cheese with walnuts and blueberries. You, you notice a little uh, trend here. Yes. Um, I like having that whole combination. Um, peanut butter on sliced banana or sliced apple just sends me through the ceiling. I love carrots and hummus. Um, and I will do uh, fun things with almond butter as well. I could put that on wasa crackers, multi-grain. That works too. Sometimes I have half of what I had at lunchtime. So, for instance, if I had four to five ounces of chicken or fish, you know, on on a salad, then I'll have half of that at um, on my. Um, it's sort of like a mini lunch in mid-afternoon because I'm a busy person, and I like to I like to really make lunch important, dinner less important. So the key here that I'm hearing is the the quickness and the speed with which you can put together a snack is ju- is actually faster than taking time to run down to the local fast food shop and uh, waiting in line and all the rest of that stuff and it's so much healthier and you can it's do it. It's a hell of a lot cheaper too. And it's a lot cheaper. People don't get that. Dr. Peak, I wish I had three more days to interview you. You are the best. And this is why <laughs> your book, The Hunger Fix, The Three Stage Detox and Recovery Plan for Overeating and Food Addiction, was snatched up by Katie Corrick to launch it. And uh, uh, the one other thing I want to just tell everybody about Dr. Peak that I stands out. You were the first senior research fellow at NIH, and you established a scientific foundation, scientific foundation, not poppycock, for the research and development of investigations involving stress, nutrition, and fitness. Folks, if there was anyone, anyone that you ever want to follow, Dr. Pamela Peak is the one. And I want to thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Peak, and taking time from your unbelievably busy schedule. Be sure you check out the Peak. P-E-E-K-E, Performance Center for Healthy Living. You'll find everything you need to live your most fit life. Thanks, Dr. Peak, for joining us. I hope you'll come back again. Everyone I will for listening. most definitely come back. All righty. Thank you, Dr. Peak. You are, I'm in love. What can I tell you? <laughs> You're the best. <laughs> we have a lot of fun. And uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us today. As always, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and continue your journey to health and fitness by visiting acefit.com where you can find everything you need to live your most fit and healthy life. You can explore thousands of healthy recipes, health and fitness videos and articles, uh, workout plans, health programs, creative ways you can get your family moving, and really expert insight on a wide range of topics. Join me next time on 15 Minutes to Wellness, which you can find at acefit.com slash fitcasts. I'm Dr. Michael Mantell, thanking you for being with us on 15 Minutes to Wellness.